When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Podcast. I'm Billy Embody. With me is Shay Dixon. We've got a lot to get to today, so let's jump right on in. We lead off with what could be the news of the weekend, and that was LSU hosting five-star quarterback and the nation's number one overall prospect, Bryce Underwood, for yet another visit. Quarterbacks coach Joe Sloan, Brian Kelly, they laid out the red carpet this weekend for Underwood and his family. Shay, it's early, but this is one of those visits where he was the, it was the only one he had scheduled for June. This might be a big step in the right direction for LSU long term. Oh, might be. It definitely is. Um, I mean, just think about how often a school is able to get the number one overall player on campus and then also that player be the uh, quarterback, the number one quarterback in the country. So the biggest position that a, a college team is after, if not one of the biggest every cycle, is the quarterback spot. And Underwood is being talked about as one of the best quarterbacks to come out in the past few years. I know people are probably listening on the podcast, but if you're watching uh, the podcast on YouTube, here's a bunch of video uh, we took of Underwood throwing in Tiger Stadium. Billy, they took the campers, the elite campers, into Tiger Stadium for the first time, at least in the 20 years or you know, almost 20 years, I'm dating myself, uh, that I've been around the LSU program and covering summer camps. And they shook it up for a reason, whether it was uh, Underwood being there. You see in these videos, James Simon, Harlem Berry, Jawan Johnson, Deshaun McBride, so many, uh, whether it be commits or top targets. And I think the kids really liked that and soaked it in. Uh, the Friday Night Lights experiences, uh, they tabbed it. But I just sum it up with this. If very rarely, like if they landed Bryce Underwood, Billy, it would be the equivalent of a Ryan Paralu or a, when they went into Texas and got Russell Shepard or, and I know Jamarcus didn't leave high school with the number one rating um, that he did when he got picked, but, you know, going into Alabama and getting a Jamarcus Russell, Bryce Underwood's going to be a game changer for whichever college he goes to. The fact that a Michigan native is seemingly highest on Michigan and LSU at this point with, let's say, you know, six months or so still to go in his recruitment before dominoes might start falling. That's a really, really big deal to me. I completely agree. And and for those watching on YouTube too, and, and for those who caught the highlights that we posted on, on our YouTube channel, it was kind of a, a tough group for Underwood to, to have to adjust to as far as wide receivers go. They ended up even putting Harlem Berry and James Simon at, at wide out at times to try and help out uh, that offense that was going against guys like Deshaun McBride, Juwan Johnson, Charles Ross from from Texas in the 2025 class, guys like that. But I think with his mom's birthday being that weekend too, they wanted to spend it down in Baton Rouge. That was something uh, Bryce's dad told me as well. Uh, they just thought it'd be a special visit to take. And you date it back all the way to when they first hit Baton Rouge um, with the new staff this spring. And his dad told me this is one of those visits that he really wanted to take. And for them to take the time to out of their schedule in the summer to come down to Baton Rouge in June, 
you know, and throw. I mean, I don't think anybody really expects the number one player in the country to come to camp and throw, quite honestly, but he wanted to do that too and work with Joe Sloan. I think that is just about as good as it gets for what LSU wanted to accomplish at the weekend. And I talked with his dad and he was saying, look, we have some issues uh, up at Bellevue that we're trying to get right for the season. I don't know if issues mean anything, you know, insane, but just Bryce is the number one player in the country. He's the straw, the straw that stirs that drink up there at Bellevue and they want to have the best season he can have as a junior. And then obviously on to his senior year. Um, and so they're really honed in on that. And that's why they haven't taken any visits, but they made the time to go down to LSU. So like you said, probably about six months or so in this one to go before either he whittles it down or makes a decision even, and there's going to be some fall visits and who knows LSU could be one of those schools that gets one of those visits. And um, they've keyed themselves up well here to be, I mean, quite frankly, I, I think you could argue they're the leader ending the summer, even though there's another month left in the summer. Yeah. And I think Michigan's gotten him to campus a ton of time. So he knows what they have to offer. This was big because it was his second visit to LSU in the span of three months, both being unofficial visits, both time his dad, who's been very close to him in this process, has been with him. And as you noted, this weekend, not only on Father's Day, but you get his mom down for her birthday. We saw a video uh, that he had shared of Brian Kelly, um, you know, with the cake and uh, singing and everyone singing his mom happy birthday while dinner at Tiger Stadium. So I thought that was sort of for an unofficial visit weekend, Billy, it can't get any bigger. Uh, that's about as, as much as you can do for a prospect. So progress made for me one of the you know top three storylines of the summer for LSU, getting the number one overall player on campus for multiple days. Yeah, no question. It was it was like a semi-official visit in a sense for, for Bryce Underwood to get that amount of time with the staff. So um, good job, Joe Sloan and the staff for, for continuing to just chip away at that recruitment. I mean, we've seen some high-profile quarterbacks at campus before, but I mean, if you're you're looking at it, I mean, save for Dante Moore early on last cycle when he, you know, visited LSU. I think he visited twice in a couple months. I could be wrong on that. Um, but this this one, at least in terms of buzz, is palpable. Um, you know, it's not like Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence of the past, you know, coming coming through campus and just, you know, you're not expecting much. This is this seems very real and 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 I would say it is uh real um as far as LSU's chances go to land the number one player in the country. So we move on, if uh, that's all you had on that, Shay, to the big official visit weekend that LSU had. And look, this one had some Georgia flavor to it. Let's start there uh, because we'll, we'll kind of talk about one of the other prospects in a bit um, as far as RPM picks go. But um, LSU did host a trio of Georgia prospects for their official visits. And one of them was JoJo Stone, who shut things down in his recruitment late last week. And was back in Baton Rouge for the first time in a minute doing some recruiting. Uh, they hosted top 100 edge C.J. Jackson, as well as uh, four-star defensive back Jalen Crawford, both from Georgia, and all three know each other very well. Um, you know, C.J. Jackson and, um, and uh, Jalen Crawford played together at one point. Uh, JoJo Stone is well aware of those guys, and Jalen Crawford actually said that him and JoJo play, grew up playing youth league together, so um, – those were another that's another big visit for those three to get on campus. They've all been to LSU before um, CJ Jackson only once, but Jalen Crawford multiple times. Um, and I, I feel like 
especially with CJ Jackson, LSU's starting to trend that way um, with him, I, I would think. Yeah, massive weekend. I, I look to, I like the, they're about to have a huge visit weekend coming up as well. I like the, what they did this past weekend of getting a lot of those Georgia kids in at the same time. And uh, Billy, we were in the indoor facility watching camp and the official visitors rolled through and they were hanging out with guys like uh, Mark, or excuse me, uh, Mars, uh, um, DJ Chester, sorry for the pause, out of Georgia, who LSU signed a year ago um and knows a lot of these guys who are now rising seniors and the ability to get a cj jackson to campus who as you see uh, if you're watching an on three top 100 player the number seven edge rusher in the country i said this in a piece on monday on the site but edge rusher is so important um maybe one of the most important pieces to lsu's defense and to any defense if, if that's what you're running is someone who can get after the quarterback and get into the backfield we saw bj ojalari be that guy this year um, they just signed a Deshaun Womack, a five-star at the position this past cycle. And Colin Simmons has stolen all the headlines, really, as the edge rusher that they're after in the 2024 cycle, the current one. But C.J. Jackson's a really good player. And when we saw him in the indoor facility, Billy, he's filled out. He is a big kid, looks like someone who would play the edge rusher role. And having him around on a weekend where JoJo Stone, a Georgia wide receiver, four-star doubles down on his commitment to LSU when he gets to spend time with Jalen Crawford. And, and look, guys like Bobby Barham, LSU uh, staff members on the personnel side have put in a ton of work uh, on these Georgia guys. So I thought it was an important weekend to get Jackson into town. Um, I thought the biggest maybe storyline to immediately come out of it, and we're not talking about, we haven't talked about yet, Connor Gilbreth committing. He's a JUCO guy, though, that'll play immediately. But of the high school guys, was your on three RPM pick for Ori Williams because Marcus Mescal, someone that we had thought for a while was trending to LSU, ends up committing to Florida. And when you talk about three stars that LSU's offered and felt good about, hey, these are guys we can develop, Ori Williams' name was right there with Mescal's. Now that Mescal's off the board, Billy, I kind of feel like, hey, look, you got Williams on the campus, you're battling. I don't think Texas is as big of a threat as an A&M would be, but you're battling those schools for a guy who when we saw him in person, he looked like someone who was probably already on LSU's roster. I mean, he is a long, tall, I'd say skinny. He's 285 pounds, but a skinny 285 uh, to where he looked really good to me. I, I was impressed upon seeing him um, for the first time, you know, without pads. Yeah. And Ori is one of those kids that would fit really well into the culture of, of LSU as well. And, and, I, LSU's the leader here. I, I don't think it's any secret. He's he's made no bones about it, about how he feels about Brad Davis and Brian Kelly and what they could do for him long term. And he is a guy that will take some time, I think, to refine that technique. And But you can't teach 6'7", 285, 290 and look the way he does, you know, just physically. Um, and even when he was standing there with DJ Chester and um, I, I think uh, a couple other guys that, uh, are currently on the team as well. He's around Kamorian Pimpton, who's a huge guy. Um, this is one of those players that looks the part, like you said. And um, LSU is is going to have to weather a few months. He plans to make a decision uh, in his senior season and announce it before one of his games. But LSU is a clear leader here. He's also from Louisiana originally, Monroe uh, area too. So um, he's got those ties, and he just says, "Look, it feels like home." So. Um, to get Ori Williams on campus was huge. Um, it, it was expected. It wasn't a surprise, but 
just continue to keep chipping away on that recruitment uh, as Brad Davis sits in a good spot. They've also got Kyrie Lee already committed. So Marcus Moscoli went to Florida, you know, really was viewed as somebody that could be a, a little bit of a versatile piece, tackle, maybe guard. Um, and, and Kyrie Lee, the way he's shed some weight, we saw him this weekend as well, um, looks the part of a guy that could maybe play a little bit of right tackle, but primarily guard too. So um, LSU doing well there with Ori Williams. Uh, one other prospect that I feel like they they made some waves with and a guy we've seen linked for a long time, and he was one of two defensive backs on campus um, alongside LSU commit Andre Evans, who um, committed last week and made his way to campus, Jalen Crawford. And there's some intrigue around Jalen Crawford just because he's been linked to LSU for so long. And this is one of those prospects that they have not let up on. Uh, you posted some notes on the board last week and LSU still pushing despite getting Andre Evans and getting Kai Bates to campus this coming weekend. And then Kobe Black in the future, Wardell Mack on the board. They want Jalen Crawford. And Brian Kelly's message was, look, go through your process. We're not going to rush you. We're not dying to pressure you into a decision. And I think that played well with him. Yeah, I, I don't. It's still too early for me to call with Jalen Crawford, and I know he's got Auburn out there. Florida made an impression early in the month, uh, but I also look at it like this, and people are wondering, well, how many corners can LSU take? And Wardell Mack still out there, and Kobe Black, the number two corner in the country, is going to visit in the spring, uh, or excuse me, in the fall for a game uh, in September. And and notably, as you said, Kai Bates uh, out of Florida is coming in this weekend, who's a top priority for them. Yes, you've got commitments from three corners right now. Andre Evans being the most recent, but Jawan Johnson's on board, or I should say four, really, if, if you kind of are all slotting them there. Jawan Johnson, who looked awesome at camp, uh, flipped from Colorado to LSU as a Louisiana guy. Zion Ferguson still on board out of Georgia as a four-star corner. And then Wallace Foster out of New Orleans, who was healthy again for the first time, and we saw him at camp. He looked really good. Now, some of these guys can play in the nickel, but – the point remains, you would take a Jalen Crawford. You'll take a Kai Bates. You'll certainly take Wardell Mack. You would take Kobe Black because LaTerrence Welsh is the only player on roster, high school-wise, that they signed that is coming back from a year ago. We're now running on a multi-year rebuild where Brian Kelly, Billy, took eight corners in his first two off-seasons and four in each class. I mean, that wasn't like they took them all at once four corners a year ago, and then they turn around and do it again in the transfer portal with four more. Taking, yes, that's an immediate fix, and we saw it help this past season, and now guys like Denver Harris and uh, Deuce Chestnut and Zy Alexander and uh, J.K. Johnson, uh, all of these guys will help out this year in a big way by potentially being starters and certainly playing a lot. But you've got to go back to high school at some point, and I like what they're doing at corner right now. Yes, they've got a handful already on board, and they're going to add a handful more because they need to get back to developing those younger guys, not having to worry about the portal each year. And that's exactly what they're doing, in my opinion, in this 24 classic corner. Yeah, this is the perfect situation to be in, in a sense, because you have a guy like Andre Evans already committed. You have Jawan, you have Wallace already on board. You still have Zion Ferguson committed, at least as of, you know, as it stands right now. I mean, we were kind of circling Jojo Stone as a guy who might end up elsewhere, but uh, he shut things down and and obviously stayed firm with LSU. Zion Ferguson is on board. Now you can just push for whoever, and they're all quality guys. I, I don't think you can go necessarily wrong. Obviously, the headliners are going to be, you know, a guy who we have had in five-star range and is from Louisiana, Wardell Mack, as well as Kobe Black, who's a five-star. 
Um, you, you have uh, those guys, uh, as well as Kai Bates, who I think can move up to still on the board. But Jalen Crawford, just, you know, he's an interesting prospect. He doesn't tip his hand. He told me he doesn't have leaders. Um, Florida feels like they've made a push. Auburn has made a push with him. But now he's going to sit down and make that decision come July. And um, by that point, who knows? Um, not that I don't, I don't necessarily think LSU would be full and turn him away at all. But if they were able to get a Kai Bates on board, if they were able to maybe get Wardell Mack to commit um, at some point, even though it looks like he's trending to the fall, maybe something changes and, and the numbers work themselves out. But, you know, they did a really nice job on this visit. And Robert Stevens has built a nice relationship there. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It'll be interesting to see play out. I think that as long as you can come away with a Bates or a Crawford, uh, that you're in a really good spot, obviously. And then Wardell Mack will come closer to signing day and kind of see what else happens from there. But I do like a lot what they've done at corner right now. It's exactly what they needed. No doubt. And look, uh, there's a little bit of time there Sunday morning when some LSU fans on our board could probably use some Rogue Shop, Shay. Um, promo code Bengal Tiger gets you 10% off your order. Richard and Char, they run their craft cannabis uh, company as a husband and wife outfit. It's veteran owned. Um, and look, they've been ter terrific partners for us. And, um, you know, Shay, you had some back problems earlier this, this uh, summer. You know what would have worked perfectly? The pain cream. That, that really just relaxes uh, those muscles. I use it after I play hockey. Um, they've got whatever lineup you need of products to help with sleep, anxiety, pain, all those things. And They'll walk you through it on the site with the live chat feature as well. Yep. All the legal CBD, THC, and more. Promo code Bengal Tiger. Uh, Billy, you're right. This is also going to be a nice segue into our next segment. A lot of LSU recruiting fans, especially those on our board on the Bengal Tiger right now, uh, should take advantage of Rogue Shop for the anxiety. It, uh, it will really help them sleep at night. Maybe more importantly, Billy, just get through the day uh, without a melt over recruiting. So, uh, shout out to Rogue Shop. They've been great to us and, uh, and we'll continue to support them as they sponsor us. And you weren't here last summer uh, with us, at least, Shay, but we were around this time when people were wondering what what's going on. When are the commits going to come? And LSU went on a roll in July and August, both in Louisiana and outside the state. Um, and I think even though this cycle may be a little different in Louisiana with some of the guys they already have gotten on board early, and that's a credit to the staff and also just shows that, you know, with a year of time, a whole extra, you know, year to build those relationships, those guys were ready to make the call maybe earlier than the guys last cycle. But I, I still think LSU's poised for a run uh, at the end of June, maybe into July, and people can kind of calm a little bit on the LSU recruiting front. And you had a 2,500 plus words on the site uh, about the current state of LSU recruiting. And so if you haven't checked out the bengaltiger.com, subscribe, get a seven day trial. Um, it's just 10 bucks a month right now. Um, you also can gift a Bengal Tiger subscription. So if you got a friend or a family member that you feel like should be on there, you can now buy a gift 
subscription. Uh, so check that out as well. But this is not the time to sit back and, you know, lack of a better term, kind of cry about where recruiting stands. Not only is there months and months to go before December and February when the, when the signing periods begin. And um, look, we'll have a really good idea where LSU is truly trending by the end of this summer. And a lot of these kids are making those announcements. We're seeing a run of them right now. June's half over. We've seen guys take official visits and make the call. We've seen LSU pick up some commitments. When the summer dust settles, you know what you'll have left to accomplish if you're LSU. And that isn't necessarily a time to melt because there is still more time. But we don't necessarily have a clear picture of LSU's getting XYZ player and they're not getting ABC player. Throw your hands up and say this is you know a bad situation to be in or a good situation to be in. Yeah, if you missed my piece, 10 Thoughts, the Mood Tracker, it was the 2,500-word essay that I penned on Monday morning. And I don't want to say it was all because uh, the the fans were kind of panicking on the site, um, but it played a heavy role. Uh, And so I kind of laid it all out, got my thoughts out there, uh, put pen to paper, and then kind of crunched it down to 10 things. I'll highlight a couple of them because I think they're important when talking about where I feel like they're at right now. One, you're a week off from LSU popping three commits in four days, and that includes a top five player in the state in Joel Rogers at a position of need at safety. That includes someone who long-term might be the best receiver in the state of Louisiana this cycle in Kylan Billiot, and then most recently a top 100 player at a big position of need cornerback in Andre Evans. That right there is great. You should There should be no time within the next few days you're panicking after that. I think what LSU fans see and saw this weekend was Florida got hot and went on a run of adding some players, including Marcus Mescal, a guy who thought was thought to be trending towards LSU for the past few months. Well, that also came on the heels of Florida having their quarterback commitment flip to Ole Miss, reclassify multiple classes out and be ready to enroll. Basically it was gut punch Sunbelt Billy to now, Oh, Florida is one of the hottest teams in the country. The ebbs and flows in recruiting, Billy, are always going to be there. You got to ride them out. And what the the goal for LSU is, and any staff, is when signing day comes, did you, A, add talent to, to the roster? Did your roster get better with your recruiting class? And did you fill needs? And for me, midway through the cycle, you can get a little bit of sense for the filling needs. And I do think that they've done that well. We've mentioned cornerback, defensive back really as a whole. Uh, by landing Joel Rogers and Deshaun McBride, the two top, top safeties in Louisiana. One of the best safeties in the country, Maurice Williams, is also committed. We've also seen them in recent years, or you know, let's say this past cycle and the one before, Brian Kelly's time here, beef up the O-line in a big way. All A lot of the best kids who play O-line for LSU right now are younger guys and incoming guys. Tight end room went from nothing to something uh, in a big way and in a hurry in the span of about six months. I know people are focused on D-line, and look, rightfully so. They've also repaired the linebacker room. I could keep going here. You've been through three D-line coaches in three years. Relationships and recruiting are paramount. It is very hard to have relationships with the best kids in the country and keep going through a defensive line coach every year. Now, that's why I like that Jimmy Lindsey comes from South Carolina. He knows what it takes to recruit in the SEC. He's recruited some of these guys before. 
They've got a couple of Louisiana guys already committed, but let's just be real. This conversation will begin and end with the number one player in Louisiana, Dominic McKinley out of Acadiana. He's not shutting things down anytime soon. So that gives Jimmy Lindsay a chance to build a relationship there and LSU to continue to push forward there. But I loved what they did in camp season. And I always think that should be something that's valued because it's the only time in a whole recruiting cycle, Billy, where coaches are legally allowed by the NCAA to be hands-on with a kid, running them through drills, testing, excuse me, combine, on-field workouts, one-on-ones, whatever it might be that they want to see, you can do. And that gives you so much more than film can give you or, um, you know, reading about what a kid's done at, uh, on the track and field circuit or whatever it might be that you see in the evaluation period when you go to a high school. And they handed out new offers. We got a clearer picture on the receiver board when they went for in-state guys like Michael Turner and Kylan Billiot with offers. We got a good feel now for what the cornerback room will look like by offering Andre Evans, getting him to camp, and then getting him to shut things down. And they really, and I don't want to go too far into this with the future, but when Keelan Moses at U High and Lamar Brown at U High and um, Harlan Berry, the number one running back in the country for next year out of the New Orleans area, and James Simon, a top 10 running back coming out of North Louisiana, and I could go on and on. These kids are underclassmen. When they're spending time around campus like they were and really getting to know the staff, the players, the other you know top targets, all of that pays off in a big way because when it comes to decision time, they've been around LSU's program their whole high school career. And when you went through that coaching transition from O to Kelly, you were going to take some road bumps. A year ago, what, six of the top 10 players in Louisiana signed out of state, and you can't have that happen. So the fence has to go up. Well, Billy, right now, Six of the top 10 in Louisiana are committed to LSU. Nobody in the top 15 of the state Louisiana rankings is committed to an out-of-state school. So by everything that I can tell, they're doing a nice job putting that fence up and closing with guys and getting guys on board. Are they ranked 11? And do they have 18 commits where you'd like to see more top-end guys? Yeah, but it's not signing day. So there's a long time for that to happen. A year ago, as you mentioned, People were panicking. They had like five or six commits at this time, and everyone said Brian Kelly couldn't recruit. They finished with a top five class. So give it time there. And remember, give it time for rankings to end. They don't finalize till February. You could be looking at a lot of guys, and not not a lot, but you could be looking at guys in LSU's class, Billy, and say, well, he's a three-star ranked outside the top 50 at his position. You look up at the end of the cycle, and he's a top 100 player. So let's give it time. I very much like the direction things are going. I love the emphasis being put on Louisiana. And by all, you know, mood tracking that I can do, LSU fans can panic when they want Billy. I told them a year ago when they had five commitments in the summer, don't panic. They got a top five class. There is no need to panic. I think this will be better than a top 10 class. I still feel this will be another top five to six class for Brian Kelly and company. In a season where we are a cycle where we knew Louisiana would be down on really top end talent compared to where it was a year ago or where it will be a year from now. So I'm not in any way worried right now. In fact, I feel good about them having 18 commitments and I like a lot of the moves that they're making. Yeah. And I think that's that's the right approach, too. I mean, the way they're going about things in Louisiana is the right way to do it. Guys don't camp. They're not going to end up getting offered and pressed for. We saw a couple guys we thought maybe might pop up to camp, pop down to camp. They didn't. So you can pretty much 
strike them from the board in a sense, um, even down the line. You know, they want guys who are going to compete. You know, Michael Turner, there were some people on the staff that were ready to offer him after his first camp uh, earlier this month. But they said, you know what? Come back one more time. Let's work you out. Let's let's get you with Cortez Hankton. Him, Mike Denbrock, Carter Smith, who was a 2025 four-star quarterback that was there. They worked worked him through the uh, whole routine. And sure enough, Brian Kelly extended the offer to him. Meant a lot. He's at Nebraska right now, but that's a guy that we both have predictions in for uh, to land at LSU. And he's a guy that has elite speed and twitch. And those are things you truly can't teach. And so I like some of the evaluations they're making late. I say late, but late in the process in a sense for Louisiana. Maybe there's a guy like a Dylan Carpenter that emerges as a senior, but this is that time of year where we really see a lot of those evaluations and the board stacking get finalized. Now it's at that place and they know who they can push for both in and out of state. They have a good idea of where they stand with a lot of prospects and the chips are going to fall however they do. And some of them, People are going to melt over. Some of them, people are going to say, oh, they weren't getting them anyway. Sterling Dixon shut down his recruitment uh, after his official visit to Alabama, but lost in that was that Colin Simmons, basically, is not going to Alabama from what we hear um, and was on campus for an official visit this past weekend in Tuscaloosa. So the ebbs and flows are always interesting, but uh, last year showed they got a good idea of what they're doing and I'm with you. I think this can be a top five class if they clean up in Louisiana and they get some of the guys that they're on out of state. A lot of time for it to happen. I guess we should wrap up with some good news. Well, I guess, yeah, good news and also plays into who they could be going with. Uh, there's been what some shuffling on the on three RPM uh, here recently, Billy, you made the pick on Ori Williams. Um, but I should also note Graylon Miller, wide receiver out of Texas is about to announce his commitment at the end of the month. I don't know how many days we're out now. I think it's the 29th, was it? Yep. But was it 29th? Yes. 29th. Okay. And Jelani Watkins, one of their top receiver targets, is coming on an official visit this weekend. Billy, now for all three Texas guys, LSU is in the lead on the on three recruiting prediction machine. Your thoughts there? I'm, I'm putting this one on you as the uh, the Texas native in our uh, or Texas resident uh, on the podcast. Go for it. Yeah, this this is one of those you're going to get, I think, two pieces of good news on this one. One, Ori Williams. I mean, he's like I said earlier in the pod, he's named LSU's leader. He's got Louisiana ties. He loves Brad Davis. Um, I think barring Georgia really turning the heat up to make things interesting, I would be surprised if he went anywhere else than than LSU. Um, his cousin Ruben Owens is at AM, but I, I've, I'm a believer of this that signing other players doesn't land you those prospects down the line. I just don't think that in the end is what makes decisions for, for prospects um, when, when they're ready to make that decision. And Ori Williams has maintained throughout his visits that LSU is the leader. So feel really good about that pick there. Um, and, you know, barring a shift, uh, I'll be there in San Marcos whenever he makes the announcement. Um, then you get to Jelani Watkins, who uh, is one of the best uh track athletes in America. Um, he won the state 100 and 200 meter, I believe, uh, in Texas at the highest level. Um, and he is kind of a gadget type player. I guess the, the good comp for him would probably be Aaron Anderson in the sense of how LSU's recruiting him, how they would use him. 
He's also got some ties to Louisiana. I believe either his brother uh, or cousin is uh, Monty Watkins, uh, who came out of the state a, few, a couple years back. Um, he is a guy LSU has pushed for throughout. Um, you talk to anybody who's interviewed him, which is hard to do. Uh, he doesn't really do interviews or talk to anyone unless it's in person. And they all come away saying LSU's in the lead there. And now he's going to officially visit next weekend. And look, we'll preview next week or this coming weekend's official visit uh, on official visit uh, weekend on another podcast because double digit guys as of now are hitting Baton Rouge. But Jelani Watkins is one of them. And I think this is one of those players that is so quiet. You don't necessarily know what he's thinking in terms of, well, when am I going to, when is he going to make a decision? Who is there a dark horse in there or whatever? But um, I would guess he would want his decision done before his senior season, like a lot of these guys. And LSU has done a really good job recruiting him there. And if I, if I knew him and talked to him a ton, I would probably have a pick in, but he just doesn't really do um, interviews. So uh, he's a guy that if LSU gets on board, I'm looking forward to getting to see him in person because he is so explosive with the ball in his hands. Lastly, this one is interesting, Shay, and we've talked about him a lot, but Draylon Miller, um, who is out of the state of Texas and Silsby, um, is a top 100 prospect nationally, um, was at LSU 7-on-7 camp and is fresh off a USC official visit this past weekend. There was some buzz earlier this spring and summer uh, that the Trojans were a real threat uh, to that one, but talking with sources, I just don't see it. Um, panning out that way. I think he's going to stay cl- close to home. He's got a family that uh, his dad, I, I believe, is a coach at Silsby, um, but both of his uncles are also coaches at Silsby. So this is a family that is a football family, and his dad uh, played basketball at Texas Southern while Cortez Hankton was there. But Texas A&M is also lurking here, and they're kind of in the same boat LSU was as far as their visit goes. Both are going to be unofficial visits this summer, both around seven-on-seven camps that Silsby is going to right in the backyard of, uh, or I say backyard, but um, basically in town for both LSU and uh, Texas A&M. We hear confidence from LSU's side. There's also confidence on A&M's side. And those are the two schools that I'm circling that are going to battle this out, maybe even beyond June 29th, his commitment date, uh, because he is somebody that has two official visits to both schools in his back pocket, um, but he's done a good job not tipping his hand. This is one that I don't know. I don't think LSU is counting him as in right now. Um, we talked to sources. Doesn't seem like a silent commitment situation, but um, he's very much a big picture overall target for how this wide receiver class could pan out for LSU. Yeah, and we got clarity really on Louisiana uh, with Kobe Young being the only guy who entered the month of June with an offer in Louisiana. He never camps at LSU all summer, and they end up offering Kylan Bilio, offering Michael Turner. Now Biliot is committed. Michael Turner's trending to LSU. So a guy like Kobe Young, maybe get, I had to move my LSU pick off of him uh, on the on three RPM. I don't know if they don't come together maybe down the line, but right now it's evident that Cortez Hankton has his focus elsewhere. And he's already hosted some official visitors uh, at receiver this month. But I do think these upcoming decisions uh, with Draylon Miller and then the visit with Jelani Watkins will go a long way. I just get a feel like LSU comes away with one of them. 
it's just seems like those were the two Texas guys that they always had a, a legitimate shot at. And when the dust settles, if you add two or three guys in Louisiana and you get one out of Texas and you've got Jojo Stone out of Georgia and we've confirmed Billy with sources, they are willing to take a five man receiver class. If it's the right guys, I just get the sense, at least for me, my gut tells me by signing day, either Miller or Watkins would be in the class. Actually, let me, let me redo that. By the end of the summer, one of those two will be in the class. I don't know how it all pans out, but it seems like they're trending for at least to get one on board. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think it's going to be Watkins right now. If if this was June 29th and we were recording this and previewing Draylon's decision, I would probably pick the Aggies right now. Jimbo Fisher is personally recruiting him, uh, which I think is a, is a factor there. Cortez Hankton has really led the way uh, on LSU's end, which makes sense with his ties with his dad. But um Jimbo Fisher, when whenever he's taking a big, big role in your recruitment, um, the Aggies can be tough to beat often uh, for, for those type of prospects. That's it for me. You got anything else, Billy? I mean, what a camp season. I, I think yeah, LSU, it was really good. Yeah, I, I think the LSU staff did a really nice job putting together camp. It was great for us um, access-wise, which is always – um, not how you judge camps, but how you judge camps in a sense, because, you know, these are really good opportunities. I mean, Cody Belair uh, this summer and Charles Power last summer, they're both on our on three rankings team. And LSU is, I believe, the only college camp that they attended, um, which not to say that they're, you know, taking it easy or whatever, but there's seven on seven. There's all sorts of other uh, things they've got to get to. Elite 11 was this past weekend with Colin Hurley. Uh, being in LA for that and OT seven, but they make the time to come down to Louisiana and, and spend that time because that's how much talent LSU gets to campus for pretty much all the camps. And Frank Wilson said on that final day of camp that uh, with what we believe they had well over 800 pre-registered and more than a hundred walk-ups uh, who attended camp. So that number was at about a thousand camp visitors. He announced at camp that it was the largest camp in program history. So for a staff that values summer camps, uh, they ended with a bang. Yeah, no question about it. Um, just awesome. Awesome month. It was fun for us. Um, and I mean, I say awesome month. There's still uh, well over a week uh, left in it. And we'll see how LSU does once these guys start making decisions. Uh, be sure to be on the Bengal Tiger next weekend. I mean, that's a massive, massive recruiting weekend for them. And who knows? I, I would think they come away with a few commitments out of that group. Um, we'll kind of see. They're shooting for the stars on some of them, but uh, they just seem to, you know, have a little bit of momentum, even, uh, you know, even if fans don't necessarily see it as much as uh, we do. So big end of the month for LSU, and then things go dead. And uh, there's a last weekend in July where they'll host visitors again. So be sure to jump on board. Again, that seven-day free trial, just 10 bucks a month. You can subscribe to the Bengal Tiger. You get your free Founders Club hat as well. So check that out. If you have any issues getting the Founders Club hat, DM me, email me, um, or, or respond on the uh, you know thread on the YouTube channel uh, where the video is, and, and we'll get you situated and all that. So appreciate everybody for listening and getting us to over 4,000 subscribers on the YouTube channel as well. What a mark for us there. So for Shay Dixon, I'm Billy Embody. Thanks for listening to this edition of the podcast, and we'll catch you next time on the Bengal Tiger Podcast.